0: Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hey guys, welcome back to another show and uh, from Chris Thoughts Games. And as always, I'm Chris, and I'm going to chat about games with you guys today. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, quite an in-depth and subject uh, today. Not particularly deep, but it's got like a lot of stuff to go through. But um, yeah, I'm going to start off with some news headlines. Okay, so the. Uh, there's a lot of rumors flying around at the moment that Microsoft may be looking to expand the X Cloud um, part of their gaming division, like the streaming stuff. So, <clears throat> at the moment, the big rumor is they will be looking to release a um, streaming device or puck so that you can uh, stream uh, the games on the X Cloud service. Um, well people are expecting it to be like a kind of almost like an Amazon Fire stick and a Xbox controller potentially in a pack. And you can uh, sign up to XCloud and use that to um to stream your games pretty much. Um not much has been confirmed, it's not a definite, but a lot of people are indicating it will be within the next year. Um they look to expand their game pass and X Cloud um capabilities basically. Um, yes, yeah, so that's just like a very small story um, or something to look out for and with their mindset and trying to get people to subscribe to Game Pass and Cloud, it is a very feasible one, I think so it would be interesting to see exactly what happens going forward uh, Next up, we have a leak from Nintendo um, This was found supposedly on a Switch Development Kit but it appears they have been working on a Game Boy and Game Boy Advance Emulator, so there's a lot of speculation that they are the next consoles coming to the Nintendo Switch online catalogue of games. Um no secret the N64 hasn't got the biggest library of games and especially of ones they can bring across. So it is looking like they will probably have to introduce another system sooner rather than later. Um from reports and people have looked into the different emulators that are found, the Game Boy One seems to be pretty much Game Boy, and Game Boy Game Boy Color One seems to be pretty much done, whereas the Game Boy Advance One still had some work to do on it. Um, not much known where the source of this was, as obviously it came from the Switch Development Kit, so um, I don't think anyone's going to be claiming rights to this. Um, But yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see if it does actually come to fruition. Um, I imagine it might hit around about September time if they are doing it this year for definite. Um, Purely because where the Switch Online originally launched in September back in 2018, I believe. Um, Yeah, where it's launched in September, I think that's when it'll be looked... uh, Uh, Try and boost people resubscribing, keeping their subscriptions active. Um, Whether it will be on the expansion pack or added to the base online. uh, That's something that's still to be determined as well. Um, There is speculation that it could add the original Game Boy, Game Boy Color games to the basic online um, plan. And then the Game Boy Advance onto the um online i uh, like the online expansion pack so like have different Game Boy consoles on different tiers um yeah some really good stuff on those consoles it would be really great to see some of those games across um i would really love to see if we could get like advance on there because i absolutely love those games and if i could get those on a like online Service that'd be amazing to have a chance to play those. Um, yeah, that will be interesting to see what happens there. Like I say, it is speculation, but it's kind of evident that um, Nintendo have been working on these emulators. Um, so it is a very real possibility that the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance will be heading to the Nintendo Switch Online system or um service. Uh, next up, and uh, last bit of news is quite a big one actually. Um, anyone who followed the Battle and Wonderworld game will know it didn't release in the best form, best state. Um, it wasn't very well received at all. Um, it was quite sad because it was a project by Yuji Naka, who was a rather creative Sonic and also behind the Knights franchise, which is an uh, incredible um cult classic um but it has come to light in the last few weeks that he was actually removed from the project before the game got released um earlier in april he did announce on twitter in a string of tweets that he actually took scrami to court and sued them um as they removed him from the project six months before it got released um yeah, they um, issued a work order removing him from the project, um, allowing the developer to continue working on the game without him. Um, he had wanted to delay the game and spend more time working on it and improving it and knew the game wasn't ready. Um, but Square Enix seemingly wanted to just get the game out. They didn't want to spend any more time or money on it. And so, um, so yeah, they kind of pushed it through, pushed him out and obviously he did subsequently resign from scoenix not long after the game's release but for him to actually take this action and move him from the game instead of allowing him to take the time to spend more time polishing and improving some other stuff is kind of a bit sad to see um uh, but it did prompt Eugen Acker to say that Square Enix, as a company, do not care about gamers or the quality of games. They just want to get stuff out and get money in. Um, and it's all about the money for them, which... Yes, they're a business, but it's kind of sad to see that kind of mentality from a game studio by the looks of it. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, a bit of sad news <clears throat> Kind of around the Eugene and Ball and Balan Wonderworld uh, situation. Whether you could have spent more time and actually made the game better is kind of up in the air because I think they probably were uh, issues with the core mechanic of the game and the way the game worked, but um, if they could have spent extra time polishing, smoothing it out, making it run better, um, I think it could have been a lot better than it was. so. So, yeah, kind of, it's interesting to see the exact um, thought on Scrooge behalf of that. It's whether they weren't happy with the progress of the game and they didn't think Yujinaki could fix it. Um, it would be a bit of a sad um, sad assessment but likewise Yujinaki in the very much design of the game, it is very much kind of feels very 90s and old school so whether he was too retro, not able to make something um that works and feels modern would be like an interesting take on that as well um but yeah uh it's kind of like brings up the what could have been with bad Wonderworld, unfortunately um but yeah that isn't the last time you talk about Scrooge itch in the show but um i been the main subject so with that let's head on to our main subject of the show Okay, so one company in particular has been making raves probably over the last few years, but especially in the last month, as they did um, make quite a big splash and quite a big acquisition. But we're going to be starting talking about uh, the Embracer Group. Because um, so, um, a lot of people kind of might have heard rumors about them and they might actually know them without knowing them, if that makes sense. Um, I think they are kind of. Uh, actually quite under the radar massive gaming um company um so uh, there's lots of franchises that they work on and know that you will know um but they did uh, make a statement by purchasing all square enix uh, western development studios so um yep yeah, so the likes of Crystal I make Dynamics, Edos, Montreal and Scroonics Montreal, got started by the Embracer group and along with a lot of IPs. So we'll talk about those a bit later, but I thought, like, cause this kind of interesting for me, cause so I didn't know much about them myself. I knew that they, some of what they're about, I knew they did at some point or some part consist of THQ, THQ Nordic, um, I knew that they had got some pretty cool stuff lined up, um, and they have made some big, quite a few big fund uh, purchases over the last few years, and do have quite a few IPs behind them. Um, so I thought I'd kind of break it down and go through what they're about, really. Um, but a bit of a summary about who Embrace Group are. Uh, they were established in twenty eleven, and they were originally called Nordic Games. Um they're a Swedish games and media holding company basically. Um I changed their names a couple of times. They went from Nordic Games, they did they did go to THQ Nordic. Uh once I acquired THQ what was left of it after THQ collapsed. Um, yeah, so they were at THQ Nordic for a little, for quite a while before I believe in 2019, rebranding is an Embracer group. Um, and when I started looking into Embracer group, I was actually shocked at how big they are. They have a ton of um, subsidiaries. They've got 10 different uh, main subsidiaries across various sectors of the market as well. Uh, so I'm going to go through like the 10 different subsidiaries and some sort of the things you might have heard that they've done. Um, but... Yeah, it is a whole different thing and you'd be surprised how big they are and how much they actually have under them. Um so first subsidiary is Amplifier Game Inverse, which has a lot of smaller developers, but I do have Neon Giant under Amplifier Games who developed uh, the Ascent game which uh, released in the last few years. Um They have Asmodee, which uh, predominantly is tabletop games and board games. Um, So they've got various role-playing games and board games and tabletop games under there. So that's kind of outside the video game market, but they have got that kind of area as well. I know they have done um, video game versions of the board games as well. I think Catan as well, um, uh, Pandemic I think as well of them. Um, So, yeah, like, a lot of the recent tabletop games have been brought to Switch and stuff like that, whereas Biddy games, so... um, They are kind of leveraging those as well. Um, Coffee Stain Holding. um, Not a company I'd heard of, but when I looked into some of the things they're behind, they have got the uh, Sanctum series and also the Goat Simulator series, so... Coffee Coffee State Holdings is the company that owns the developers of um, Goat Simulator. Uh, Dark Horse Media um, is very much a comics and motion picture and TV production uh, company. And looking for each other franchise, they've got absolutely blew my mind on some of the things that they've actually got under there. Uh, But Dark Horse Media franchise is created by them and kind of uh has stuff inspired by them is uh the mask series time Cop, the umbrella academy uh there's a ton of stuff that they do have under them in terms of comics and films and tv stuff um so the umbrella academy is currently a big time netflix series developed by netflix but the original like comics and ip that it's based off is owned by Dark Horse Media, all created by Dark Horse Media, so, yeah, i have got some big franchises under there, um, then we have DACA Games, who a lot of people have heard of, they're very much, uh, free to play, and really big, or, not really big, but very big in the, uh, mobile game, uh, sector of the industry, um, one well, of the bigger things they do have is um, the Realm with the Mad God and kind of online well, multiplayer games, stuff like that. There is another subs- subsidiary I couldn't really find much about. Uh, I'm not really sure what they're behind, but it's one called Easy Brain. Um, yeah, okay, I was a bit limited in time and my research from this, but um couldn't really find much about what they really have or do. Um, is a subsidiary of Embracer Group. Next up we have quite a big one and you would have heard of this publisher and some of the games we've worked on is Gearbox Entertainment. Um, Gearbox Entertainment has an expansion to some of the other developers that they have bought. So there's a developer uh, Cryptic Studios um, and they're but the Crypto Studios, which now come under Big Gearbox Entertainment, are behind Star Trek Online and Neverwinter. It's so like quite big online titles. And obviously, Gearbox, the IPs they have include the Borderlands series, Duke Nukem, Star Trek Online. Uh, well, I say Star Trek Online as part of Crypto Studios. But yeah, uh, Borderlands and Duke Nukem are kind of like iconic franchises, which are under um, under them. Uh, next up, and like I say, it is a kind of very long list and there is just a ton of stuff that Embrace group are behind. Uh, but I do have Koch Media. Uh, Koch Media has 11 studios um, and or subsidiaries within it, um, including Deep Silver, who in turn have the Free Radical Design Development Studio. Uh, Free Radical Design was a uh studio very well known for the Time Split Studio uh, Time Splitters franchise sorry um they did close down in 2014 but they did get restarted in 2021 and um they have actually been confirmed to be working on reviving the Time Splitter series um yeah so they are looking at reviving Time Splitters and that franchise um Kosh Media also does have the Saints Row series as one of its IPs. Um, They got the two biggest IPs, but they have done a lot of stuff. Um, So, yeah, that's a massive section by itself. Uh, One of the more recent uh, uh, acquisitions is Saber Interactive. Saber Interactive have been quite big and influential, uh, influential in doing some of the Switch ports, so they've done a lot of work on porting titles to Switch. So they are very experienced in moving things across the different uh, different consoles. Um, and the Embrace Group in general is quite big on doing remakes and things like that. So, um, I think they will be involved with porting and helping upgrade stuff. Um, as we go through this, it will kind of come clear what Saber Interactive have been doing in terms of remakes as well, or like remasters. Um, yeah, so Saber Interactive is predominantly a porting porting house. Um, they also do have Aspire. Aspire, you may know, they have been behind a lot of the recent Star Wars ports and bringing the classic Star Wars games to... to consoles, so likes of Star Wars Racer, uh, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, um, yeah, so they they behind all those ports, they are currently developing the Knights of the Old Republic remake, um, which is expected to be a timed exclusive for PlayStation 5, was announced at a State of Play or PlayStation event in the last year. Um, yeah, Black is Aspire, which is under Saber Interactive, which is in turn is under, um, the Embracer group. Um, there are literally online various different roadmaps and charts to explain how all these all tie into each other, so it is very complex. Um, the last subsidiary they have is THQ Nordic, um. Yeah, this was a at one point their name, um, but Tesco Nordic has got a vast number of studios and IPs. Um, IPs I have include Dark Red Faction, uh, De Blob, Springs and the Curse, Mummy, which did recently get a remake, um, or like a re-release uh, Spongebob Squarepants uh, games um, in particular the uh, remake of Battle of Bikini Bottom known as Battle of Bikini Bottom Rehydrated did get a very positive reception when it got released um, uh, they do have Destroy All Humans um, I think I have the Zen studio as well so I've got like the Zen pinball games where you have all the uh, recreated Real life pinball games in games, which is a uh, game form, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so they are the um 10 subsidiaries that they have so far. Um, but like I say, they did make the headlines recently because they have um gone ahead and bought fair uh, bought three. Square Enix Studios for $300 million. Um, the studios that they have acquired from Square Enix are Crystal Dynamics, Iidos Montreal and Square Enix Montreal. Um, they have also got a lot of IPs and over 50 back catalogue games as well in this deal. Um, IPs that are confirmed to be part of the deal include Tomb Raider, Ex. Thief, Luxie Arcade, and the Gex platformer is expected to be in there as well. Um, yeah, so with this deal, Embrace Group now do have the Tomb Raider franchise. Um, not too long ago, Crystal Dynamics did announce that they were looking to start development on a new um, Tomb Raider project. So it be interesting to see if that's still the case and what happens with that. Um, and it kind of puts uh inside the rumours that uh, Microsoft might be looking into getting Crystal Dynamics. So, obviously Crystal Dynamics have, at the moment, been in partnership with the initiative to help with the development of the new Perfect Dark game. Um, yeah, it's been interesting to see how this acquisition affects it. I think, as it is a standing contract, it probably will. That probably will be seen through, um, but yeah, uh, Crystal Dynamics is heading to to or to Embracer Group. Where they're going to fit within the embrace- Embracer Group is a different thing, and I would obviously expect a rebrand of uh, Square Enix Montreal, um, as they are no longer part of Square Enix. So, where they get absorbed into the IDOS Montreal. We're not sure, um, but it is kind of obvious that they will need to have some kind of name change or absorption into something, um, and where that fit within the different subsidiaries of race group as well is something to be seen or where they are kept as kind of like their own studios uh, is another consideration, um, one interesting thing that has come out of the conversation is obviously Crystal Dynamics was responsible... And uh, I just want to also... I were responsible for the um, Avengers game and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game. Obviously, the Avengers game didn't get the best reception. I still really love the story mode. I think the story mode is really great. Um it does get complex where you try and do missions on, to like, involve other players and you can't really go forward because you don't know um, if you can get players or not. Um, Guys of Galaxy did get a much warmer reception but it didn't were up to sales expectations. It didn't hit the sales numbers that Enix wanted but it appears that proving approval by Disney, um, the rights, the Avengers and the Guys of Galaxy games will come over with Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal so it looks like they could also get the rights to do Avengers games and um and more Guardians of the Galaxy games, so if they wanted to they could look to to do this, which is pretty pretty big, but obviously they will need to get the approval from Disney to continue using the uh the rights obviously it's a different publishing house now. Um well, I've been thinking, why would Square sell like, so many big IPs for $300 million. Um, A lot of people have been looking at the costs behind the three studios that sold. There's um, a little about... Um, substantial amount of employees, to be fair. Said, there's like 1,100 employees amongst the three studios, so... Um, in terms of hiring costs, it saves 1,100 people's worth of wages and salaries. Um, also, the profitability of the studios hasn't been great. Um, people are looking back at Crystal Dynamics' um, profitability over the last few games, and they're pretty much making 2 or 3% profit on their games. So, but for Square Enix, it's a good way to kind of cut some of the loss and expenses that they have um some people are saying the Avengers game may and Guardians of the Galaxy between may have lost it's going to be about 200 million dollars so they won't lose that loss but the 300 million will go to, towards kind of covering it and they'll save their expenses um but it's just the fact that they have given away such big franchises and it'll be interesting to see what They do do, and they have obviously got the 50-plus back-catalog games. There's no specifics about what games and what IPs have definitely been included. Uh, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and Thief are confirmed. Um, And along with the Legacy of Kane, because that was mentioned in the press release, so they have got that. Uh, Gex is heavily expected because obviously it is because uh, Crystal Dynamics and idos Montreal kind of games so um it is expected that it's come across um, but what is quite exciting is Embrace Grip and THQ Nordic in particular are kind of quite big on remakes and re-releases so these 50 plus back catalog games could very likely see um, like Releases coming up because um, they've obviously been doing the Destroyable Humans remakes um, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see exactly what they do, do with these franchises. Um, with those the Losey Kane series, a lot of people got excited when they saw that being mentioned because um, so I think a lot of people would like to see that brought up to date. Um, but I think they might. Do some re releases to get some quick money, especially if some of the more um, more known IPs. Um, especially then go back to some of the Tomb Raider games and maybe re release those. Um, with like graphical graphic, graphic upgrades, maybe some upgrades and controls and stuff like that. Um, but yes, it is definitely one to look out for for what they'll do with that. Um and also, to see what else they end up doing because Embrace Group has been slowly picking up things like Sabre Interactive, as is a recent pickup for them. Um, they've got Spire, like they have been steadily picking up things without people realizing, and they are becoming a massive powerhouse. Um, they are reported to have upwards of like 200 projects in development, so they could very much be a big player and in the next few years you could see very regular releases from this company um so it could be kind of very much throughout the year with projects coming up um and like i say some of the rps they've got like when you actually look into it and who they own and what they own there are some massive well-known franchises in there so you've got that saints row uh juke newcomb Uh, Obviously, now Tomb Raider, Gex, uh, Time Splitters, Saints Row. Uh, The fact that they're behind the remakes of the Star Wars, all the re released of the Star Wars games recently, and working on the Nazi Old Republic remake. Um, Yeah, they have got some very big stuff coming up, so it is very exciting to see exactly what they do with it. Um, Yeah, it's probably not the most in depth look at it, but it probably doesn't cover anywhere near like i could have spent absolute hours going through everything um but there are charts online that kind of show off what embracer group own and have um and it is super complex i know spawnwave uh quoting him as a source he did do a video about this um i think he's on the Spawn Wave plus channel um kind of broke down embracer group and kind of Went through some other different things, but it is a whole kind of little web of different things, and yeah, it's just insane amounts of stuff in there. Um, but yeah, that kind of wraps up my main subject for this week. So, gonna you know, kind of cover some of the things I've been playing over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I've not been able to do many gameplay videos recently, I've just been a bit crazy, and when I have games, I just kind of want to do it as relax, a relaxing rather than trying to um to get stuck in um yeah the games i've been the, been playing recently i've been playing animal crossing checking on that every few days um done a bit more pokemon legends arceus um bit more lego star wars the skywalker star saga Tetris 99's keeping me involved i had a recent kirby um event so that's pretty cool Based on Kobe and the Forgotten Land. Um I haven't played much more Kobe and the Forgotten Land, but I do want to try and record that and carry on that series on my channel. Um I have got Nintendo Switch Sports, but I haven't actually played it yet. Um so that's my plan. Be later like this weekend once I've recorded and got this out. Um go spend some time on Nintendo Switch Sports, which should be cool. Um yeah, some very cool stuff I've been playing. Um yeah, it kind of wraps up what I've been playing, but please don't forget to check out um, the Game Junkies podcast next weekend, There's is some pretty cool stuff. I know they haven't uh, released anything last week, so I know they have had uh, some things going on within the team, but they are looking to be back next weekend, so it's pretty cool to check them out. Uh, and also the Dungeons & Junkies um uh junk uh junk Dungeons and Dragons stuff is also worth checking out. Uh got some really weird and wonderful stuff going on. Like I know it's probably a bit ahead of what's out there at the moment, but some of the stuff they got coming up sounds like it's been incredible and uh, some really cool role playing stuff going on. Uh has a great group of guys. So yes, please don't forget to check out the Dungeon Junkies. Uh podcast as well all available through Visuals global media um yeah and please don't forget to check me out on twitter at Chris 37 and on youtube uh, youtube.com forward slash chrisreactor1 um i do share all my videos on my twitter so if you find me on twitter you'll have access to all my videos so yeah please don't forget to check all that out and if you're still listening thank you for listening all the way through and until next time speak to you soon bye Podcast is a Mass Attack production for Visionaries Global Media.